Jamie and I with you here on a Thursday edition of the Green Zone. Hope you're having a great Thursday. Getting ready for your Super Bowl parties this weekend. I know there's going to be plenty of them out there. Now, uh, what are you in for when it comes to the Super Bowl party? Are you in it for the game? The food? The prop bets? The halftime show? What has you more excited for Super Bowl? Or are you a Swifty and you just can't wait for those ISO shots of Taylor Swift cheering on Travis Kelsey? If, of course, she can make it to the Super Bowl. Which she should be able to do, you know, depending on weather and everything else. But Super Bowl 58 on Sunday. And just a real quick look, uh, highway hotline. Some of the highways were actually closed earlier today. Everything's opened up. Everything is winter driving conditions. Not seeing any travel not recommended right now on the main highways around Saskatchewan. So that's good news. And we'll uh, pass it along if there's going to be an update uh, this afternoon. But there was an update today in Saskatoon. Uh, And this is for those, and I know there's people in Regina too, you want a new arena. You want a downtown arena. Both cities desire this. Now, with the changes at real and, you know, Tim Reed being out, we'll see how things go. There's municipal elections coming up. We'll see what the councils and the mayor looks like. But in Saskatoon today, they unveiled more design concepts for the proposed downtown arena. You can see the images at cjme.com or ckom.com. And the city in the downtown core is trying to create an area. You're going to see new shops, restaurants for probably it's a smaller version of what we're seeing in Edmonton, the ice district. Have you been there? I was there for the first time. Well, Not the first time. I've been to Edmonton since they built the rink, but it was the first time I went into the arena. And I used to live in downtown Edmonton. Like, I remember being there, moved here in in 2009, and it was, it's a lot different. When you walk up Jasper Avenue, up 102, 103, and you, there's new shops, there's outdoor skating rink, there's this brand new arena facility. There's a huge Oilers store over there. Then you cross the street. You have the statues. It, it and it it's it was weird for me to be there for the first time. And I was there a few weeks ago. On how much hustle and bustle in an area that used to be Deadsville on a weekday in Edmonton in downtown. And how much it's increased and specially increases when it's game night. And that's what cities are really trying to get is drawing people into the downtown rather than scattered all over the place. And we see it in our cities. We know there's restaurants and Costco's and box stores way out in the outskirts. It draws us away from inside where people can gather in the in, in a downtown area. So you build a rink downtown and it becomes a meeting place for the community. Rather than, what do we have at Sastel Center in Saskatoon right now? Parking nightmares. And you might think, well, are we going to get parking nightmares in downtown? No, because you're probably way more willing to take public transit downtown 
and in and out like you do for rider games in Regina. You park on the outskirts, come downtown, but when you leave the rink or before the game or event or concert, it draws you in and helps out some businesses. So they unveiled more design concepts for this proposed downtown arena. And it was interesting. I remember when they built the new stadium. I remember that news conference. I remember going into the hotel lobby. And I remember a lot of skepticism on this gigantic football facility they wanted to build. And then you got to see the idea. And you went, oh, that looks nice. Oh, I. And maybe through a few people who were on the fence over into, that would be a nice addition to our city. So what what did you think today of the design concepts and what they're looking to do? Of course, the land the arena would sit has already been purchased by the city um, for Midtown Plaza's North parking lot with an additional money spent to purchase some surrounding land around it. And it's going to be interested because the other side of this, and it's what we talk about in Regina as taxpayers, is really how much is this going to cost? It's going to cost X amount of money to build it and develop it. But like the stadium, that $100 million loan, you got to pay it off. How are we paying it off? Are our property taxes going up like they haven't gone up enough already over the last couple of years? And it will be an interesting debate with the councillors uh, coming through an election, especially now in the city of Saskatoon. I'll tell you what, I, we had the prediction on which city's going to build it first. I was more along on the Regina's going to build it first side than I was on Saskatoon, but it seems like it's the arena race between the two cities. Like like they they don't want to pretend they're rivals enough already, and now we're going to throw downtown arenas into the mix and the millions and millions of infrastructure and everything else that will have to go into it. But I'll be in, now that you've seen the images and go, whew, that would look nice in downtown Saskatoon. Are they winning you over to build it? one 332 8255 Of course, you can check out the full story, the images from Lara Fominoff at cjme.com and cKOM.com. Uh, still to come, our sport business analyst will be in at 335. Tom Manek, the business of the Super Bowl and some of the other big sports business stories going on. We'll get you up to date. Another rider non-signing. They've agreed to terms with another player. A player I mentioned yesterday on the green zone. And our Super Bowl draft. Which is for foodies everywhere. We are going to draft the menu items for each Super Bowl party. Myself, Britton Gray, producer Scott, fingers crossed Drew Remenda. Some technical difficulties this afternoon in San Jose, California. Uh, but 405 will start to make the draft picks. And we have themed rounds this year. Like we're not saying just open it up and you just pick. No, we have themed rounds. You're going to have to pick a wing flavor and a pizza topping and the chips. And we'll see what we come out with for you 
And then you get to pick whose party you want to go to. I'm going to try to keep it anonymous, though, just in case you have a favorite Green Zone contributor. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Dye with you here in the Green Zone on this Thursday afternoon. Talking about the uh, new arena possibility, downtown Saskatoon. Uh, Michael, what do you think about a new rink for Saskatoon? Well, I think downtown Saskatoon deserves a little bit of input from either the city or the province. Um, there is no Sask Power, Sask Energy, SGI, or any other crown corporation in downtown Saskatoon. It's all basically private business, and it's it's doing quite well. And, I mean, it's the premier city in the province now, so let's support it. Well, Michael, you walk around downtown Saskatoon, and the restaurants, the movie theater is right in downtown Saskatoon. It is a thriving downtown, and you can can and you you can say that on the premier city. I know people in Regina will be ticked off about it, but you compare downtown to downtown, and Regina has establishments that are great in downtown Regina. But I think that add-on of the movie theater in downtown Saskatoon is that strategy that I think works a lot better in bringing people down there. You make it busier. You have more of a central location to hang out in your younger years, go bar hopping, if you will. And now you throw an arena down there as in terms of city strategies. If you want to boost the downtown, that would be, a good reason to do it. Now, Tom Mayanek will tell you, you will never make that money back. The money you are putting into arena, especially public money, you are putting into arena, you will never make it back. Many people will tell you and say, oh, oh this will come back in hotels and restaurants, but really, for the taxpayer who will be paying some of the money and the taxes that will go to, they're not going to really see the return on investment as much as they'll get a return on experiences. You'll get to maybe see better concerts. And you'll have a more central location. You don't have to wait in a parking lot for 45 minutes to get out of Sastel Center after a major event or concert. So maybe I'll throw that one at Tom. He can explain it better than I on the... Money because I'm seeing it on the text line right now. We are nuts if we pay that much money for a downtown arena. We have way bigger priorities for the city of Saskatoon and the city of Regina to start thinking about putting in hundreds of millions of dollars into a new facility. Especially when you look at Sastel Center and you go, it's still drawing some good shows, still drawing some good events. Nobody's avoiding Regina either. The Briars coming back for the second time in what six years. Now they can improve the the roof in some of the area around real or multiple roofs, as I can see the tarps being hung up at Cooperator Center with some of the ranks because it's been leaking since they built the damn building. And my wife was at an event with the kids 
at the Brandt Center. Uh, was it a spring event? And they're running around putting like buckets where the lo- roof's leaking. So you probably could use an upgrade. But when it comes to these cities and us as taxpayers who will be voting, what do you want? Do you want the experience to be better in your downtown? Or would you rather just not? We're good, thanks. We have okay facilities. And some people are bringing up, whatever happened to that, that all the money we put in for the multi-purpose facility at uh, Real District called Mosaic Stadium? And it's fair ball. I wonder the same thing. Where are all the concerts? We use it for football. And, yeah. We had that uh, skating rink there for a couple of years. That was all right, but it's not like it was making much money. And you get a little gun shy when you went, okay, are we really getting the investment back on this brand new facility that has been here since 2017 and has hosted one Grey Cup? Anyways, I digress. Let's get to the one-minute drill. I'm Jamie Nye. He is uh, Drew Remenda. This is uh, the Green Zone on a Thursday afternoon. Hi, Drew. How's it going? Hi, Jamie. Just great. Thanks. How are you? At the rink today. I see. Ice capades are here tonight, so I wanted to get here early. Are they really? Yeah, they actually are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm not. Just, just making sure. Something. Um, okay. Something on ice. Uh, I drew a minute real quick. Um, yeah. We talked yesterday. Brendan Dillon. Got three games. Three games suspension, which we were both didn't think was going to happen. Um, wh- what do you think? Uh, before we bring on Tom Mayanek, uh, of the three game suspension for Brendan Dillon for Nola Chari skating, skating really fast into his bicep. It's, we've talked about this before. I have no, I have no idea how they, decide on their number or how they decide whether it's suspendable or not. A guy who um, gets smoked from behind gets gets mad. He takes revenge by hitting a guy and he gets suspension. The guy that keeps hitting guys from behind doesn't get suspended. I, I don't understand how they do their justice in the National Hockey League. And I'm frankly, I'm tired of trying to figure it out because it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, right now, uh, let's talk some business. Breaking down the business of sports with Tom Mayonek. Our sport business analyst, he's the host of the sport market. He is uh, Tom Mayonek here on the Green Zone. Uh, Tom, how's it going today? It is going very, very well. But like uh, you and Drew, uh, I consistently uh, um, am confused uh, in terms of no rhyme or reason when it comes to suspension. So we'll have to just sort of uh, see that play out. But uh, if anybody's guessed, there could be a new betting platform, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, <laughs> you know, which, which way you're going to go in, in, the, in, in the most surprising set of circumstances. So no consistency, no, uh, uh, no, no, no apparent uh, 
consistency of standards anyway. Okay, uh, Tom, I just mentioned it. Um, we were talking about the city of Saskatoon unveiling more design concepts for a proposed downtown arena. I was trying to s- explain what you have told us here on the Green Zone, but you do a better job on the return on investment when public money is used for a new arena in a downtown. Now, I know you like downtown than anywhere else, but why do you say that you'll never make that money back when it comes to public money going into uh, millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars in a facility? Well, you know, so much of it uh, depends on the the added revenue streams that a that a facility can provide and if you're it depends on obviously number of tenants it depends on uh you know how aggressive the um uh, operators of the arena are in terms of special events and 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 special events of all shapes and sizes especially if you're a multi-sport uh, uh multi-purpose type uh, stadium uh, as you just mentioned uh when it comes to uh, sort of rural or suburban stadiums, the economic impact or the economic payback does not seem to be as much as if it's, it's part of a downtown uh, structure where it's connected to that, that main infrastructure of a, of a city like Regina. And that's why I'm so, I so, I skew so much towards a downtown arenas and whenever possible, uh, downtown arena clusters. Uh, where you'd be able to have, you know, mosaic and, um, uh, you know, a hockey and multi-purpose uh, uh, facility uh, together. Uh, Detroit, as an example, has got four stadiums kitty corner to one another, representing all five major leagues. And when you get that done, your public transit winds up being built around it. Uh, you've got uh, sports and, and, and entertainment and hospitality districts that wind up uh, building around it. And that's why I believe the return on investment is greater when it's a downtown arena. I also believe, guys, that, uh, you know, very few facilities should be uh, fully publicly funded. Uh, if you can have public-private partnerships or privately financed uh, uh, arenas, that's always, uh, that's always better. But, of course, in a municipality the size of uh, Regina's, if they have a good vision and a good plan and they set it up in terms of, uh, um, you know, cost centers that are easily controlled, uh, they can make a go of it. And I, I do think, you know, the, the best options are either downtown or uh, near downtown, you know, partnering with Mosaic uh, along those lines. He is Tom Manek, our sport business analyst here on the Green Zone. Drew? Well, you look at it, Tom, Philadelphia has got, all their buildings within throwing distance of a baseball. The yeah. The, yeah. the hockey rink, football stadium, they're all right in the same walking vicinity. Um, but then you look at Ottawa or Glendale, Arizona, and you've got th- – they're out in the boonies, and it it you can see the problems that that creates because people don't want to go out to games because it takes too long to get out there and takes too long to get back. But overall, when you look at publicly funded buildings – they're all pretty much getting publicly funded these days. The one that I can think of that it wasn't was the Chase Center downtown San Francisco, the Warriors guys, and it's beautiful. It's amazing. But how else would these buildings be built without public funding? 
Uh, well, you know, it, it, without public funding at all is one thing. Without full, being fully reliant on public funding, that's another thing. Uh, you know, it's okay. interesting. When, when, when I was part of the management team, Drew, that launched uh, what was then General Motors Place and is now Rogers Arena in Vancouver, uh, uh, it, it was so notable to me that that became, that Arthur Griffiths project at that time, became the first privately financed uh, uh, stadium since Maple Leaf Gardens was built in 1996. Really? Uh, wow. It just shows you that there's been very few of those, uh, you know, fully privately financed buildings here in Canada. Then uh, the redo of, um, or, or the uh, next uh, home of the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is now Scotiabank Arena, and the Bell Centre, uh, they became um, uh, ostensibly privately financed as well. So you've got those three big NHL uh, arenas that have wound up being, uh, you know, privately uh, funded. Uh, I still think that that is the model. And when you look at uh, what has happened with Rogers Arena uh, in Vancouver, the entire downtown core uh, has been revitalized and has become a sports and entertainment uh, uh, district. Yep. In this particular in this particular case, you know, uh, the, the the Regina can do it themselves, but if they do it themselves, I think they do need to really be comprehensive, as it appears they're being, in terms of how this this new facility links in with the rest of the downtown uh, infrastructure because it can save money it can generate uh, uh, money and save money uh, if it is properly connected in terms of public transit and and other forms of infrastructure okay tom uh, let's get to it super bowl 58 the business of the super bowl it grows it grows it grows it grows it's in vegas the commercials price now is unbelievable uh, for 30 seconds of telev- television advertising. So why in a climate that everybody's cable cutting and all that other stuff and streaming and why are the commercials still as valuable as ever for a Super Bowl? Simply because of the fact that the television penetration uh, continues to be off the roof. That That is the, the Super Bowl is by far the single biggest opportunity for brands, new brands and old brands alike, uh, to get in front of more than 100 million eyeballs each and every year. Uh, my sense of it is that this will not be less than 115 million from last year that set a record. Uh, it, it could easily be 125 million uh, because you're considering out-of-home viewing uh, because of the fact that you've got uh, an interesting uh, uh, halftime show with Usher in terms of bringing in that demographic that might not rough, watch the rest of the game, but they contribute to the average national audience. And then again, Taylor Swift and her uh, 400 million plus followers on social media, they can really skew television numbers. So number one, the television exposure is significant. Um, number two, the TV uh, investment winds up setting the stage for a campaign that is online uh, that goes on for up to two weeks before the actual Super Bowl, and in some cases two weeks after the Super Bowl. As an example, I don't know if you guys have seen the Peacock ad 
um, or sorry, the um, Paramount uh, ad for the streaming uh, uh, channel, but it's got Sir Patrick uh, Stewart, it's got a Drew uh, uh, Barrymore, um, uh, Tua from the Miami uh, Dolphins. That two-minute blurb has already received millions of, um, of, of, of downloads. And so with the combination, the one-two punch of the broadcast platform that's provided on television, plus uh, fans sort of uh, watching it 10 to 15 times like I have, um, that's why they continue to, A, pay the fees to broadcast, B, um, uh, pay the production to do great little stories, and C, um, they, they keep on um, uh, leveraging off that and to make a big statement. You're going to see some big statements this weekend, including Budweiser, you know, going back to its roots. Uh, those are stories, and the stories last well beyond the Super Bowl. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Before it was like you had to tune into the Super Bowl. Now you go online, you're watching the commercials, and then they're teasing what's going to actually happen in their commercial during the game. And the building of it around, it's, it's amazing. Is Rob Gronkowski going to make the kick this year, though? That's what I need to know. What do you think? Is he, is he going to make the kick? Is he going to shank it again like he did last time? Uh, you, know, you know what? I'll tell you something. That in and of itself you know, proves the point as to why people are congregating around the Super Bowl this way. Because it's just it's typical water cooler type conversation. Uh, I'm going to suggest that he, he, he wins it. And he winds up being signed by the Buffalo Bills uh, for uh, next season. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! I, I know that that was that was humor. That was wide right. I apologize. Oh, yikes! I hope Tyler Bass isn't listening to that one. Uh, well, Tom, enjoy the game. Who's your pick for Super Bowl Fifty Eight? Well, as you recall, way, way back at the beginning, um, the very first game, you guys asked me who was going to win the first game, and I actually picked the Detroit Lions, and I was on quite a roll. Here I'm going to be a lot more predictable. Uh, I, I'm going against the odds. I'm, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, um, uh, wow. uh, t- Tyler, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, <laughs> Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's uh, risky. It's becoming more. a limb right there. Yeah. It's interesting that the Niners are still the favorites, but a lot more people are picking the Chiefs than the Niners in Super Bowl 58. Vegas might make a lot of money if the 49ers uh, win the football game. Might? <laughs> okay. Will, sorry. Will. Cautious, cautious Jamie. Uh, will win a lot of money. Uh, Tom, appreciate your time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hey, uh, right back at you guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, have a good rest of the Green Zone. That is the host of the Sport Market, Tom Mayonect, uh, here on the Green Zone. Still coming up, a draft for foodies everywhere as we set our Super Bowl menus here on the Green Zone on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I, Drew Romendo with you here on the Green Zone. Drew, you'd be very proud of the uh, the boys today. I'm just going to start calling them the boys, even though Scott's like the same age as me. Um, Why? The just the talk about the Rock today has been endless. Well, on the promo, was... he, the promo he cut or something on Pat McAfee's yeah. show today, getting ready for WrestleMania. Yeah, I have a theory on this though. 
I've got a new theory on this, thanks to my son, Davis. So press conference uh, one was today in, in Vegas, as a matter of fact. But I've got a, I've got a theory on, uh, on what's happening with The Rock, Cody, and Roman, and Seth. And Davis, Davis brought it up to me, and I went, that's really Is there going to be a tag it. team fight at some point with these, with these four? Or? No. Are no. they going to – they're no. going to be called the Canadian Football League with The Rock no, and uh, Roman Reigns? It's going to be a different – Battle of Alberta. There's going to be a plot twist, Jamie, is all I can say. I think that Davis is on to something. It's going to be a plot twist. It yeah. is a Battle of Alberta. Roman Reigns and The Rock. One played for the Stamps – or tried out for the Stamps. One played for the uh, Edmonton Eskimos at the time. So At the time, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other – like, how much time do we have? Because I was going to – did you see the Travis Kelsey thing uh, on his podcast? He's a little concerned about how expensive the Super Bowl is because he's got to I, – I, I kid you not. This is a guy who's in the middle of a $57 million contract. This is a guy who has a very Is this about Donna having to sit in the stands? This is, this is about how much he's spending on tickets for friends and family to come watch him play. Maybe his last Super Bowl, if you, if you believe the rumors. He's, he's – Hanging out and uh, romantically involved with the one of the richest, one of the richest yeah. women in the world, one mm-hmm. of the richest people in the world, and he's concerned about the uh, dollars. I hope he's going to be okay. But he talked today about how much he's looking at the money coming out of his bank account. <laughs> there had to be people around. This is a guy. Remember, dude, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the same dude who has admitted on that same podcast that he sucks with money. And his first paycheck in the NFL, he told the story, and it was hilarious. He his first paycheck was like twenty thousand dollars or something like that, and he spent it all on the uh, Back to the Future sneakers, like the the yeah. ones that like self tie themselves and all, yeah. like just. Whoo, and then he realized, like, wait, this is stupid. That, <laughs> like at the end of his first season, it was like, "Hey, Jason, can I borrow some dollars?" <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Kelsey should be all right being he's, able to afford or just get Taylor to pay for it all, right? He's a little Maybe they're going about- Dutch. Maybe they're going Dutch. You pay for yours. I pay for mine, that type of thing. And that's it. It'd be like she's paying for everything, dude. I'm sorry. You want to come in? You're doing it. I'm busy. You make more money than I do. If the situation was reversed, I'd have to be paying.